DJ and PK is brought to you by WCF Insurance, reminding you to be careful out there. All right, we've been talking about the Aggies and Sam Merrill this morning. We're going to have his teammate Abel Porter on coming up at 9.30. PK, I think there's one thing that's been underreported. We've discussed a lot of things about Sam. The, uh, the shot, you know, which ironically, he missed a free throw on the previous possession. If he had made both his free throws, they would have been up by a point. It would have been a totally different situation. But Yeah, he was just setting it up for more drama, though. Right. Give me even more credit. Okay, we'll go with that. So the thing, though, is he does the interview afterwards, and you were just talking about this with Sam about how, you know, he's a kid who grew up in-state and it means more. He didn't just grow up in-state. It's not like he grew up in-state and he was rooting for one of the others and the Aggies were his second choice. He grew up an Aggie fan. It meant a lot to go there. He wanted to get it back in the spotlight. And he finishes, he wins the game with the shot, and then you finish up doing the on-court interview. You know, and the adrenaline's still pumping and the place is still loud and people are slapping him on the back and everything. But he's talking with the CBS guy on, the, on that post-game interview, and right away he's talking about, hey, it's great we're in the NCAA tournament, but we went to the tournament last year and we lost, and we haven't won a game since we beat Ohio State, and that was almost 20 years ago. He's just like, he's spitting out the history of Aggie basketball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the fact yeah. he did that in that moment, I thought, man, I don't, and I don't know who they're going to be, uh, where they're going to be seated. I don't know who they're going to be playing. I don't know if they're going to have to play one of the powers in their backyard or if it'll be neutral or maybe they'll get to stay in this half of the country. You know, all that's to be determined. But whatever the odds are of them winning, in my mind, they just went up when I heard him talk about that because the team that needs to win versus the team that wants to win, they wanted to win last year. But I was listening to Sam talk in that post-game interview, literally a minute or two after he hits the – well, there was like three timeouts. So it was probably ten minutes after he hit the shot because it took forever to play the last two, two and a half seconds. Um, but still, in that moment, when he could have easily been celebrating, he was already thinking about what they got to do next. And you know he's going to say that to the team, and you know they're going to follow him whatever he says. And now we know what he's going to say, because right in that moment, he was laying it out. We haven't won since we beat Ohio State. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, everything was right there. This guy is the ultimate Aggie. I think in Aggie history, it goes Merlin Olsen, number one, Sam Merle, number two, Cornell Green, number three. Really? Yox making. A how do you face. argue? Yox making a face. Well, first you have to know who Cornell Green is. I was going to say so right away. That's how. That's where it's. How do you not know who Cornell Green is? And if we're going with this conversation, where's Wayne Estes? Come on, right? Wayne Number Estes. Four. Number four. Number four. PK just keeps talking. I agree. Merlin Olson. <laughs> he just keeps Merlin talking. Olson. Sam Merle. Cornell Green. Phil Olson. Five. No. <laughs> Jimmy Olson. Six. No. I I would I would even put I'd wedge Spencer Nelson in there. JC Carroll? Seven. Spencer eighteen. JC Penny ahead of JC Carroll. That Ohio State win, two thousand one, is the Aggies only NCAA tournament win since nineteen seventy when they were in the Elite Eight. Lost to uh, John Wooden's UCLA machine. Right. So one win and it was in 50 not years. More, Merlin Olson was on that team, wasn't he? No, he wasn't. <laughs> no. Cornell Green? Stop. Just stop. Just stop. <laughs> Jordan Love? Jordan Love. Who's getting Riley Jensen? Who's getting run as a potential top 10 pick? Of course, you can be a potential top 10 pick and, you know, fall into the 20s. 
ask a certain Green Bay Packer quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, sitting at the table looking all lonely. Oh, don't forget Don Majikowski either. The magic man. Yeah. There you go. Great, greatest Aggies. Merlin Olsen won. This morning, Sam Merrill number two. That may change over time, but this morning, Sam Merrill number two. Living in the moment. Greatest local Aggies. Merlin number that one. Out, <laughs> that throws out Colonel Green. Was Wayne Estes local? Uh, I don't know where he went to high school. I will try to find that for you. I mean, in that era, I think fewer guys traveled around, so the odds are... Uh, yeah, but I, I don't know. Yeah, and we know everything about Sam Merrill. You know who his high school teammate was? Wayne Estes was a Montana kid. Virginia City, Montana. Yeah. Went to oh, Anaconda yeah, High, the Anaconda Copperheads. Okay, I mean. So he's a Montana guy. So is Larry Christobiak. So, you know, which one do you choose there? I don't know. <laughs> All right, Montana guys. List them. Ready? And Phil go. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> not an Aggie. <laughs> Do you know who we're going to have two guys from the same high school team because Zellius was his teammate, and they're going to be playing in the NCAA tournament. How cool is that? Has that ever happened in the state of Utah? Two guys from the same high school, on the same high school team, play in, this, in the NCAA tournament in the same year. Uh, Britton and Jeff Johnson, did they pull it off as teammates? Yeah, but they were brothers. That doesn't count. <laughs> well, they went to the same high school. <laughs> yeah, but they're from the same family. Of course Murray they went Spartans, to the same baby. high school. Come on. That doesn't count. Don't ruin my whole thing here. Uh, how about Lone Peak, PK? <laughs> I don't know. What about Lone Peak? I don't think so. No, because... Well, on the Mika, Mika be... went to an NCAA tournament. But he did, but the, the other guys were The other guys were there. gone. They were gone then? Okay. No, Mika went, yeah, we were back there in Milwaukee that time. Yeah. But I don't think Emery or Halls were on that team then. Okay. Mika might, was Mika a year ahead? I don't, I don't remember. And then someone on a mission out of high school, Mika played a year. You start factoring all that stuff in. They were all in the same graduating class. Just missions is what got them their timeline off. Right, because Eric played a year. And then I, because I can remember standing there in the locker room. Doing a uh, sort of like a walk-off interview because he was going to be gone for for the next two years, and it looked like he was a promising player. And, and I never obviously didn't serve any mission, and I always thought, man, I got enormous respect for these guys who look like they can be studs, and then but are going to give it up for two years, not knowing what's going to happen. You know, Britton Johnson did that. I always thought that that was just, and he was a guy who had obviously NBA talent, but yet he chose to go. Uh, for two years. I and mean, the question then I would ask, what happened to Britain after he came home? That That's another story because obviously he's got some, well, we won't get into it, but you know about Britain. So anyway, that. <laughs> what was that? I know, but all I heard me. were the bus tires going up. Boom, 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 boom. Beep, beep, beep. Thump, 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 I, I thump su- again. I suspect I'll get a text any minute. <laughs> <laughs> from him. Uh, so the, Cussing me out. So I knew there are too many guys who went through Lone Peak. BYU had to have Lone Peak guys. So the uh, the BYU team that lost to Old Miss in 2015 had 
Tyler Hawes from Lone Peak, Josh Sharp from Lone Peak, and Nate Austin from Lone Peak. So there, there's three guys from one high school in an NCAA tournament. Yeah, but those, but those guys, didn't they all just they transfer to Lone Peak because it was a basketball power to play for Quincy? I don't know. So does I'm, that really count? I'm going to check neighborhood now. Guys. I'm, I'm going to check now to see where they went to my junior thing, high. Dave. <laughs> but they went to the same team. So they played on two different college teams. See, here it is. This is what's cool about it. They play on the same high school team, but then don't play on the same college team. So that eliminates those Lone Peak guys, and it l- eliminates the Johnsons. So my statement stands alone. So ha, 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 ha. Did you follow that, Yuck? <laughs> yes, he did. No, he did. And so did the you. The palms are up, and the head's going side to side. Like, what? what is he talking about? Well, if you don't follow it, that just means you're stupid. That was very convoluted. That's possibly true. No, it wasn't. Two guys who played on the same high school team, but then go to two different colleges. How dumb are both of you not to be able to understand that? But Britton and Jeff didn't go to different colleges. They went to the same college. That's my point. And so did those <laughs> guys from Lone Peak. These, so we got two colleges represented that's okay. cooler than going to the same team you know it is i'm starting to follow you a little bit closer you're just saying the fact that they had two guys on the same high school team who went to two separate colleges and now are both making the ncaa tournament as seniors just the you know. i think that's outstanding yeah. i don't know about you two rain on my parade cynical guys but me who's pure in heart thinks that that is actually an awesome feet to have these two guys play high school teammates together and then go to separate institutions and now both finish out as seniors in the NCAA tournament. I happen to think that's cool. Okay, David James Sniggledorf III and Jake Hatch, they don't think it's cool. I think it's cool. And there it is. All right, Abel Porter. Yeah. Aggie Guard is going to join us coming up at 9.30, which will preempt where we usually recap the show and everything we've been talking about today. We've talked a lot about Sam Merrill and the Aggies. We had Steve Cleveland on to talk about the Cougars. You're in Vegas for the West Coast Conference Tournament tonight. St. Mary's and BYU, 9.30. So how do you think you brought this up earlier? You've had time to cogitate on it for a while now. Assuming Gonzaga in that first game beats USF, which we're all assuming because it's been forever since we had a a West Coast Conference tournament final without Gonzaga. I think it's literally been like 20 years. So, Gonzaga fans, probably at least three-quarters of them stick around for the first half of that next game, maybe even more, to watch St. Mary's and BYU go at it. Who are they pulling for? Do they, do they think they beat both teams? Is it like back in the day where regardless of who you want to play, you just want to cheer against BYU because they, they pissed you off for 20 years by winning all the basketball and football <laughs> stuff, and you're just sick of them because that's how the Wyoming Cowboys are? Or Gonzaga can't really get that mad at these guys because they don't lose to them. They don't, they're not playing them in football. They don't play football. And then they win in basketball, so this isn't the same jealousy angle. Are they going to root for one team over the other? Well, that's, a, that's an interesting question, and I'm going to find that out. Well, I'll find that out. You'll be able to figure it out over the television. I'll be sitting there in the arena, and I'll be able to see it myself. Uh, so you look at, well, okay, yeah, St. Mary's, you handled them. You beat them both times, so you want the easier matchup. But St. Mary's beat you last year in a conference final. Remember that? So you want to get revenge. So you would want to see them to be able to beat them for sure. Uh, but then, 
uh, BYU, are you pulling for St. Mary's because you're a little nervous about BYU because, all right, you beat them up in Spokane, but that was without Childs. And then with Childs, they beat you. And what did he – I I think he went for something like 28 and 10. Obviously, he was awesome in that game. And, you know, you, you got – 18,000 Cougar fans screaming and yelling, you want a chance to beat those guys. So it could go either way. If I'm a Gonzaga fan and I beat San Francisco, which I'm certainly, we're all fully expecting, I think I just sit back and then hope the game is a knockdown drag out affair and starters are having to play big minutes and maybe even goes into overtime, you know, get them as tired as possible because they're going to have literally less than 24 hours to come back the next day because they're playing the late game and then on Tuesday the game doesn't start at 9.30 our time. It's, a, what's it, 7 o'clock our time. It's a much more reasonable time. So if I'm a Gonzaga fan, I just sit there and watch the game and see what happens, knowing that you're in the NCAA tournament. I suppose I would want BYU if I'm a Gonzaga fan because to play the team that is higher ranked and is going to help my net rating and all that stuff. Because then if I lose to them, it's really not going to dent my net rating that much. And I don't know at this point in the season if you can really move up or move down that much. It seems like all three of these programs, with the potential exception of St. Mary's, if St. Mary's won at all, that they're pretty much locked in to who they're going to get and who, I mean, who they're, what seed they're going to be. So I don't know if there's going to be that much variance. But I think that for Gonzaga's sake, I don't want to beat BYU since they beat us. And that would help my net ranking because they have a higher ranking and all that stuff. That would be my thought. Gonzaga has now been in the West Coast Conference Final 22 years in a row and 24 out of 25. That is phenomenal. Oh, yeah, Mark Few has never missed the NCAA tournament. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, they had the run going yeah, on before that with uh, with the coach Monson? who took off in Minnesota, Monson. Yeah, yeah. Who, who was the son of a coach, by the way. Nice. All right, DJ and PK coming up. Abel Porter is going to join us. Utah State junior guard talk about the incredible win in the Mountain West Conference tournament. He's next. Stay with us. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Utah Jazz have a five-game win streak. They'll try to make it six in a row tonight at home against the Toronto Raptors. The game tips off at 7 o'clock. Raptors are going back-to-back after winning in Sacramento on Sunday. The Zone's coverage begins at 6 o'clock with the pregame show. Elsewhere in the NBA, Giannis Antetokounmpo out Injured knee. The team's calling it a minor joint capsule sprain. He got hurt Friday night against the Lakers. He did not play Sunday as the Bucks lost to the Suns in Phoenix. He will sit out tonight's game with the Denver Nuggets in Colorado. That's the end of a Western road trip for Milwaukee. He'll be reevaluated when they return to Wisconsin. College basketball, BYU and St. Mary's at the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas. They're in the West Coast Conference semifinals tonight, 9.30 the game on ESPN2 after the 7 o'clock game between Gonzaga and USF. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Zero Res. Zero Res leaves no dirt attracting residues behind. Your carpets stay cleaner longer. Schedule your cleaning today for just $33 per room. Clean three areas. Your fourth is free. Call Zero Res for details at 801-288-9376 or check them out online at ZeroResSaltLake.com. 
Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? Is the radio voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. I think some of the things have been better. The end result of the whole lineup thing is that they've got this pretty good second-tier lineup now. Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Joe Ingles are playing with George Niang and Tony Bradley. I'm pretty excited about that. The ball movement has been better. They've had more open catch-and-shoot threes. You know, the defense is what has to get better. It's really hard to tell in these games whether the defense is getting better because the bottom four or five teams in the Eastern Conference are just so bad. So that seems perfectly fine to me. It just doesn't come out very well statistically. Turn this up. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Mount Rushmore of postseason buzzer-beating shots from the state of Utah. You got John Stockton to send the Jazz to the NBA Finals. Danny Ainge to send the Cougars to the Elite Eight. Sam Merrill to send the Aggies to the NCAA Tournament. And Keith Van Horn. Oh, Keith. Keith was up there twice. But now the tipping against SMU has been bumped. The rebound, the volleyball, the shot to beat the Lobos, that was still in. But yeah, s- semis, but an awesome play. Yep. But Sam Merrill, rewriting the Mount Rushmore of clutch, clutch postseason shots in Utah. His teammate Abel Porter joins us now. Abel, good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. So uh, have you slept yet, or has it just been like a nonstop adrenaline rush going on, what, approaching 48 I, hours? I mean, yeah, the adrenaline rush has been really big, but... It's been nice to just wake up in my own bed and have a nice slow morning for the first time in a little while. <laughs> so, Abel, you know, you go back with Sam Merrill. I think you've known him since you're like 10 or 12. You played AAU ball together and all that, and you went on missions. Then you both come to Utah State. He hits the game-winning three, and he's supposed to be all that. Did you look at him and just say, yeah, big deal, Sam. I did it against New Mexico last year. I don't see what all the fuss is about. Uh, I, I probably thought about thinking that for a sec, but then I realized this was just a little bit bigger than mine. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it is interesting. Just like I grew up with Sam and – uh, we've been best friends, and sometimes he he'll make a shot like that, and I'll be like, I used to we I beat him in one on one yesterday. He's not that good, but <laughs> holy cow, he is that good. So I'm curious, uh, you know, coach doesn't call a timeout. You just come up. You, you were on defense in a tie game, and you get the stop right. Uh, Malachi Flynn there. They're, they got a really good player, Malachi Flynn, and he misses a three, and then you come down, and you're going to get the shot. Everybody knows Sam needs the ball. No timeout. Everybody knew to spread the floor. Don't come set a pick because then you just get Sam double teamed. Is that something that's been grilled into the DNA of this team and just everybody knew what to do? Um, You know, it's actually interesting because in that situation, I would say for the majority of the year, it wouldn't be something that we would do. I I would think that oftentimes Coach Smith would call a timeout and we'd set up a play, but – uh, if you'd watched our other two games uh, in the tournament, uh, Sam was just kind of in this zone. And, and for the first time in the entire year, we had just gone to more of a four-flat ISO, uh, no pick-and-roll with Nimi when we needed a bucket. And um, 
So I think that just those past two days, how the games had gone, we had always ended with just an ISO for Sam and just let him kind of do his thing. And the second we got that rebound, every single person knew. Uh, it didn't have to be told to anyone. Uh, we all knew that Sam just needed the ball and uh, that he preferred to just go one-on-one instead of getting a ball screen. And so uh, credit our team for just kind of knowing what was going on and, and Coach Smith for trusting everyone back this season because I got to admit that stretch in which you lost three in a row and what uh, four out of five I think it was I'm watching that Air Force game you're playing over at the academy and it looks like you're comfortable the first half looking good the end of the first half you started to stumble stumble second half my gosh you just hit rock bottom uh when you got done with that game and then i think you win again and then you lose uh, an ot in boise so you'd lost four out of five what was going on with the team then and what got it to basically change around to where uh then you ended up a few weeks later a couple months later you're winning the mountain west tournament uh yeah that was uh it was it was a tough stretch uh it was the first time I think in two years that this team and this coaching staff kind of together has, has faced real adversity. And uh, obviously we'd lost games last year and this year, but that was the first time where it kind of felt like what is going on. Uh, and honestly, we, I don't think that we really knew what was happening specifically in the moment. Um, but it gave us an opportunity to kind of come together uh and have some serious talks about what we wanted to be as a team and what we could be as a team. And, and after that Boise game, which uh, I know anyone who watched that game is probably still recovering from it. Um, after that game, we just kind of got together as a team and decided to just focus on us a little bit and uh, just decided that our goals were still out there and we could still achieve them. Um, and so kind of just some personal reflection and some team reflection really uh, paved the way to turning the season around for us. So when times are tough, uh, is Craig, is your coach Craig Smith, is he, is he a cheerleader? Is he a, a yeller and disciplinarian and come on guys, suck it up? What, what is his attitude? Because we see what he is in the interviews, but that isn't always what people are at practice or in a meeting room. Um, yeah, and I've always told people this, like, it's a crazy, Coach Smith has this energy about him, and and sometimes, uh, I don't want to use the word fake, but sometimes it can come off in interviews as he's kind of putting on a show, or this is what he is to the media, um, but I can 100% tell you that that's how he always is. It's always a positive attitude, every meeting, every practice, even if it were a bad workout, it always ends on a positive note. It always ends on a, oh, we're going to do this, or we're going to get to here, or I believe in you, uh, and I believe in us. And and also, Coach Smith uh, is unique or different from a lot of coaches in that we'll get to a loss. We'll sit in the locker room after a loss, like uh, the Boise game or the Air Force game, and, and he'll stand in front of us and he'll say, you guys needed to make some plays out there. And he said, but I... I wasn't good enough for you towards the end of games, or I could have done this. And, and a lot of times you don't see coaches have enough humility and respect for the team to just say, I could have been better for you guys, and I'm going to go look myself in the mirror and come back, and I want you guys to go look yourselves in the mirror and come back, and let's get back to it on Monday. 
Um, and honestly, when you have a coach like that, uh, like like the saying goes, you're just willing to run through a brick wall for him. You're, you're willing to do anything for him, and and it just gives you a confidence when you go out on the court to to make shots, to make plays, and to really just go give it your all. So I want to know, Abel, this is a phenomenal story that you got. You know, you got Katie gets a lot of pub. Sam Merrill gets a lot of pub. Justin Bean, I think, is averaging a double-double. Coach Smith is a charismatic guy. So all these guys getting this publicity. But you take a look at your story as a former walk-on. I think you're married. I think you're expecting a kid. I also think you've also got your undergraduate degree, and you're going to be graduating with a master's degree here very soon and still have eligibility left. Correct me if I'm wrong on any of those, but I think those are all facts in your life. So the basic question is how have you been able to do all these things and have time for everything? Um, Yes, all of those things are true, and... That's a great question. You don't have time for everything. Uh, as you guys know, when, you, when your life gets busy, uh, sometimes think time will, you only have a certain amount of time and, and that'll take away from some other things. And so a lot of times I, I wish I could do better in school, but sometimes you just can't do that good in school. Like this weekend, I had some assignments due on Saturday night. And uh, uh, unfortunately to say, I didn't get those assignments done. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just, just staying focused, uh, having, having priorities, uh, and then working hard, uh, and giving everything I have, uh, to just school, basketball, my family. Um, I mean, it, it all just kind of works out in the end and I've been super blessed and, and lucky that everything has worked out how it is. Abel Porter joining us. Uh, now, we've heard stories about you having back problems, having to sit a little bit. Uh, was there ever thought that you might sit a little more? What went in the decision to go through it? And how hard has it been to get through it all? Um, yeah, uh, just struggled with back issues all year. Um, it got worse in New Mexico. Uh, we, we lost in New Mexico last week, and uh, didn't really know how I was going to go in the tournament just uh, from a fall I took in the in New Mexico game. Um, and just having co- talks with Coach Smith and our trainer, decided to just kind of give it a go every single day. And, and it wasn't looking good those first few days of the tournament. I uh, was trying to give everything I had. Um, and then luckily just with working treatment, uh, maybe some a little bit of adrenaline uh, going into Saturday's game. Uh, felt good warming up. Uh, got a little tight there in the first half, and then uh, by the second half I told Coach Smith that I'm good to go. Just play me as, as long as possible, and, and I think I'll be all right. So actually this year the tournament of Mount West tournament moved up a week. So now you're going to have some time off before the NCAA tournament for so for you this actually is going to work out well, right? Yeah, for sure. It'll I'm super excited that I have a week to just maybe get back uh to 100% and and that way I can I can be ready for the tournament game and and I think there's a couple guys just after a rough weekend season uh, having a week to kind of refresh your legs and get healthy again will be a good thing. Your professors are going to understand on those late assignments, right? <laughs> Hopefully. 
Well, Abel, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us, and congratulations on the win. Good luck in the tournament. Hey, thanks guys so much for having me. Abel Porter, Utah State junior guard, joining us right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. PK, somehow, i got to think, there's enough school spirit rolling around that he'll be fine. He won't have to talk the way you did at Arizona State back in the day, which is good because he probably doesn't have your gift for talking. Okay, do you realize this kid is a junior? With a master's degree. (laughs) Yeah. He's going to finish up a master's degree, I think, at the end of the semester here in May. So we go on and on on how what a bunch of crap the student-athlete expression is. These guys are players. Here's a kid who is a local kid and goes up north and takes care of his education to the level of getting a master's degree while still maintaining eligibility. All right. I'm going to tip my hat to you as much as I possibly can because I did obviously when I saw we were going to have him on, you go and you can do research. And so obviously I did that to know all that stuff about him. I think the Deseret News had a story, so it was very easy to figure out what was going on. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, my gosh, you're going to graduate with a master's degree. Uh, this kid, whether Sam Merrill makes that shot or not, this kid, Abel Porter, is the definition of a winner in college. And, wow, all sorts of mad respect for him. Well, I look forward to seeing what he gets a doctorate in next year as a senior. Oh, he ought to have that by Christmas, right? I would assume so. <laughs> Just you know, He'll be in the Brian Johnson mode where you take one or two classes to stay eligible. Uh, but basically, you're just watching film the whole time. Yeah, I think he's talking about this is it. He's actually going to graduate with the Masters, and I don't think he's planning to come back. I think they, uh, I think they even honored him. I'm not sure about that. I have to double check. I think they honored him at senior night because I think he's getting, he's preparing to move on to whatever aspect of his life comes about because he's married. His wife is due in the summer, so I don't think he's intending. I guess that could change to come back next year and play ball. I think he's going to move on and. And, uh, you know, you give him the best of uh, congratulations and good luck and thank you because you have been a wild success here in Logan, Utah, for the for Utah State uh, basketball for sure. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We are brought to you in part by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram in Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. Your feedback on today's show coming up next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. The great Craig Bowler Jackson. It's been an interesting season to this point. It's been up, down, up, down, up, down. Jazz win, what, 19 of 21. Then they drop five. They win four. They drop, you know, either you're winning or you're losing. But I think consistency's got to be there from here on out. The time of talking about we're still learning about each other. We have to figure things out. You know, time is starting to tick, and the games are starting to really kind of run away from you. So you can't afford uh, to have another drop. This is where you want this team to hopefully they've been through the rough time and now they figure things out and you make a really strong run and play your best basketball before the postseason catch hans and scotty every day from noon to three presented by your rocky mountain chevy dealers on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network all right it's time for your feedback chance for you to weigh in on all the stuff we've been talking about it's brought to you by Audi salt lake city where you can pick up a new audi q5 suv for only 359 per month visit audi salt lake city at 999 south state or audi salt lake 
People are angry, PK. They are just really what? angry. Jay Goodman would like to have a word with you, DJ. <laughs> Nate tweets that at me. You put the question up on our Facebook page, DJ and PK, and usually you keep it going because not everybody sees every social media post. You'll put it up the night before. I'll often copy and paste that in as a Twitter question the next morning, which is probably, you know, it's 12 hours later. It's Twitter, not Facebook. It's a different audience, right? Get some yeah, more reaction. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jay Goodman would like to have a conversation. Apparently, Danny Ainge to Sam Merrill you know, that that was your range for best Sam Merrill's best shooting guard since Danny Ainge. Now, Jimmer yeah. fans were going nuts earlier this morning and trying to explain, we got Jimmer categorized as a point guard. You can call him whatever you want, but who had the ball all the time? I mean, they threw the ball to Jimmer as quick as they could, and they got out of the way so he couldn't get double teamed. And then yeah. he'd go over to the logo and take a 35-footer, and Dave Rose would look at the floor like, I don't know if that was a good idea, but... Well, I can't uh, Jimmer is the Caucasian. Jimmer's the Caucasian Allen Iverson when it comes to running an offense. <laughs> I'll pass you the ball once a game, but make sure you get it right back to me. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, they were both very, very good, yeah. um, obviously. Allen Iverson carried his team to the uh, NBA Finals. Yeah. It didn't have a lot on it. No. Uh, there is some positive, upbeat stuff. Ravolio says, uh, that was a great at- interview with Abel Porter. Way to focus on the epitome of what a student athlete should be. He gave us some. Uh, oh, for sure. He when gave you us read some, that, it just jumps out at you. Yeah, he gave us some student and he gave us some athlete. There you go. Uh, let's see, more people weighing in here. Um, <laughs> uh, the Zone Sports Network has the bracket challenge up. Uh, you can see it on our Twitter feed there. You can go to our website, 12inthezone.com, and you can enter the bracket challenge, and the bracket will come out Sunday, and then you make your picks. And somebody's going to win a trip to, uh, to Mexico. Six days, five nights stay, world-class resort, Nuevo Vallarta. So, uh, and you enter, and, and so you win. And so I uh, retweeted that, and Clint <laughs> tweeted back that Scotty G should announce the winner like he was calling a game. I think Scotty yeah, G's okay. enthusiasm uh, caught a few people's attention this weekend as he went well, nuts. Well, how could you not in that situation? Sam Merrill hit the shot. Oh, yeah. If you sat there and just called me, Sam Merrill goes to his left and hits a three. Okay, that yeah, is the most disappointing the worst call ever. ever. Right. Yeah, uh, and, and I, and I want to say, those of you who disagree, I'm going to read you a tweet I got from Michael Litchford when I tweeted that Sam Merrill is the best shooting guard in the state of Utah since Danny Ainge. He tweets at me, so true, brother. Everything that comes out of your mouth is pure scripture. <laughs> okay. I'm a prophet. I'm a revelator. But are you what a What am I, Yach? Are you a seer? Thank you. <laughs> And a prophet is not well-respected within his own country, right, PK? And does that not define me to a T, guys? Absolutely. Jeff tweets at us, I am really surprised that no one's brought up Tyler Hawes in the last couple of days of PK stirring the pot. It is an interesting debate for sure. Now, Jeff, first off, props for bringing up Tyler Hawes because really no one did bring up Tyler Hawes, so good work there. And the thing is, PK, can you be stirring the pot if it's an interesting debate for sure? Stirring the pot is when there is no debate and you just try to rile people up and make them angry anyway. When it's an interesting debate, that's because it's actually, you know, interesting. Right. 
and I have no idea what you mean by stirring the pot uh, okay. because I've never done that. Right, okay. Uh, where do you rank J.C. Carroll in that list? Wes wants to know. I mean, he belongs high on the list, but I, I view him more as a point guard. But I, you can you can slide him over. But was he hitting a shot to win the conference tournament against a team that was in the top four most of the season and it only had one loss? It's no knock on J.C. Carroll. It's about the elevation of Sam Merrill. And Sammy, in a, in a lesser note, he did the exact same thing against Colorado State over there in yep. Fort Collins earlier in the year. Literally the exact same, exact same shot, same everything was on the line in that game. Here, national television, uh, Saturday afternoon, evening, uh, conference tournament. And actually by having the, uh, I don't know if the Mountain West one might want to consider moving theirs up a week because th- they got more run than they would get if it was next Saturday with all the, the other conferences having their tournaments. You know what I mean? And this thing was just stood out and and you're and it was a perfect storm too because you get in San Diego State who if you're following college basketball at all has captured your attention at, with uh, going well into the season as undefeated and then finishing the season including the postseason tournament with only two losses and he hits a game winning shot to beat those guys I mean come on that that that's nothing is better than than that and Sam Merrill did that and and everybody knew he was going to do it and he still did it no knock against any of these other guys and we were were talking about great shots but like Stockton shot he came wide open like Sam Merrill he said in the post game I had another move he wouldn't let me get to it so he does this you know kind of fade back to the left to try and create a little space the defender is jumping right at him there's no separation there's literally nothing any San Diego State coach is going to say about the way that play was defended Oh, no, no, it was not perfect. at all. There was nothing more you could do. You literally. And I know the expression is Sam, I am, but I would reverse that. I am Sam. <laughs> so uh, now with San Diego State getting the second loss, everybody in the country has two losses. Gonzaga and Dayton. Will BYU give, Dayton, or give uh, Gonzaga a third loss? Will they get the chance? Can they beat St. Mary's first? All questions to be answered tonight. PK's in Vegas. He'll be at the game. You'll be cranky tomorrow morning. You, you better get a good nap today. That's going to be a late night. Yeah, I don't know that I'm going to because I, I want to get over and watch Gonzaga and uh, uh, San Francisco. So, yeah, I'm just going to have to suck it up tomorrow morning and catch it uh, after 10 o'clock. All right, DJ PK, we are out of here. Tony and Austin are up next. We'll see you tomorrow.